You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging. But in the 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shurgunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses, are you ready to get your financial life in order? Once and for all, as soon as possible? Are you tired of living paycheck to paycheck? Do you often lose track of how much money you have to spend? Do you want to get your financial life together, but just don't quite know how? I am with you. I've been there. I've struggled through all of these. And I know you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to get better. So why do you continue to struggle? I know you can get your own money in order. It took me years to figure out. It took me years of pain, struggle, frustration, anger. But you don't have to go through all of that. You don't even have to get a financial planning degree like I did in order to be successful. Allow me to present to you my Money Flow System, a free playbook of how you can automate your finances, even if you hate budgeting. After you download this free playbook, you will never have to worry about budgeting and who likes that budgeting thing anyway. You will stop accumulating debt and create a bulletproof plan of how to quickly pay it off. You will be able to pinpoint exactly what your income and expenses are. You will never have to miss a single bill again. And you will always, always have a solid idea of how much money is in each of your accounts. So head over to money-flowsystem.com to download my free Money Flow Playbook, a blueprint to streamline your finances in less five or five weeks. Guaranteed. Head over to money-flowsystem.com. How many times have you had numerous resolutions that failed? I had a few, to be honest. How many times have you had rescheduled a very important appointment on yourself? You had that personal time blocked on your calendar, but all of a sudden, another priority took over. Your commitments for family or work. I think it's time that we as busy working moms develop a mindset and create really strong habits to help us stick to our goals, not only professionally, but foremost personally. My guest today is Jill Wright, a mompreneur turned life coach. Her passion is helping other busy, overwhelmed, and exhausting moms reclaim their connection with themselves so they can participate joyfully in their own busy lives again. She knows what it's like to put her own dreams on hold, on back burner, because of the demands of the young family. But here's the truth. It doesn't have to be that way. Jill found a shortcut to help her achieve her goals, find a balance, and reconnect with herself as individual person, not just the mom. And she can help us to do the same. 
Tune in into our conversation. Hey, Money Bosses. Welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. I'm so excited for my guest today. Jill Wright, welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Thanks so much. I'm so thrilled to be here, Anna. It's great to, be, to sit with you. Ah, uh, Me too. And I'm excited because what are we discussing today? A topic that is very, de- very dear to all of our hearts, particularly busy working moms. And one of the ideas that I'm always pursuing in becoming better around is how do I achieve my goals, whether they are professional goals, personal goals, and how do I, like, I, you know, I've been on the long pursuit um, of growing personally, professionally, and that topic, like, you know, personal growth, um, self-help area has been always of interest to me. And so, of course, there's seasons for everything. And so motherhood and all of that together. So I'm excited to chat with you because I know you've done a lot of work in this area and basically help us connect the dots. Yes, it's certainly a lot. It's a big ask for us to try and focus on a goal when we've got so much else going on in our lives. And when we make that transition into motherhood, a lot of us can really lose our own interests and our forget about our dreams and just put ourselves on the back burner um, for those sort of extra things that we would consider non-essential. A goal is kind of like a nice to have, right? But I think when we lose that piece of ourselves, when we let that go and we let it slip, we're really doing ourselves a disservice because if we can keep a piece of ourselves in the motherhood mix, right? You have so many roles, but if you can remember that you still have a piece that's just you. And if you, if you are committed to something that lights your heart on fire, then you're going to have a lot more joy in your life. You're going to be able to show up better for your kids if you're working on something, working towards something that's important to you, rather than letting it slide and sort of just go by the wayside because it's too busy, right? Agree. So, yeah. The, you know, this this word overwhelm, overwhelm, I don't like to use it, but it's but it's something that I think a lot of a lot of us a lot of us are familiar with. So it's real. It's happening to all of us because there's just, our lives are so full, um, so, you know, busy with all kinds of stuff, right? Yet we are, like you said, or you, at the core, you are still a woman that you, you were before you had your family. So all of these additional responsibilities are, you know, things that we learn how to deal with. So I kind of want to start here with really asking a question like where do we begin like where do we find or start to even like ask questions or pause and realize that okay there could be a better path for me right or I could be in a better place so like where do we begin yeah I mean you got to start at a place where you're even open to exploring the fact of having something shift in your life because we can sometimes get stuck And if you're in a place of stuckness, you're not going to be successful with a goal because you're not in the right mindset. So everything I I teach always starts with mindset. Um, And so when we're talking goals, what I really like to do is remind people that you first need to figure out what your goal is going to be before you can even start to work towards it. You need to have an end point. Um, So you have to start with clarity on what that looks like. But one really important thing for us to remember is that we only can have one goal at a time. I think as women, Mm -hmm. I can speak for myself, but also so many people in my community, we can, we can get excited and um, a bit ambitious with our goal setting, 
right? And if we're working towards a lot of small things at the same time, we're making minimal progress on each thing. And so that sets us up with slow momentum and we're not seeing results. And that's where we can fall off. If we're focused on one goal at a time, we can still get to all those five or 10 things we wanted within the same time frame, but we're building blocks. So we're building on one at a time. And that's when you start to really build this skill of goal setting and really goal achieving um, is really where it's at. That's what you need to focus on because setting the goal is the easy part. It's the action and the consistency that's going to be required to get there. So I always say one goal at a time because you can start to see momentum. You can have quicker uh, forward movement and it's those results that keep us interested and keep us moving forward and taking those steps. I like that. I like that a lot. The one, one, one goal at a time. I'm actually thinking of a book. I need to dig it up on my shelves, but uh, bookshelf. There's, uh, there's a book that I think it's called The One Thing, and so it mm-hmm. reminds me of that um, uh, idea is that you're focusing on just like one thing, and it's so hard, right? I feel like when we are, you know, as women and moms. Um, business owners, right? Career focused women. Like there's just, it's like, you have so many different facets of you. Like, how can you like, and I struggle with this too. So that's why I know, I think I follow what you said is the mindset. So how can I focus on one thing? And then what about everything else? Am I going to miss out? Am I, you know, like that always kind of, you know, keeps running in your head. And so, um, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's, it's a constant, realignment in your own head right it's like what is the ultimate goal um what are you ultimately trying to achieve but um yeah so how if you were to sort of sit down and take out a piece of paper right and i'm glad we're talking about this topic right now um it's almost end of january beginning of february right where we sort of pass the wave of wave of like okay new year new me new everything right and I tend to get really busy with my uh, financial planning clients because everybody wants to have a financial plan, right? <laughs> it's like New Year's resolution thing, but then it dies down, right? Like we get caught up in everything else. So like you have a sheet of paper in front of yourself. Like how do you even begin to formalize and define this big thing, even just for this year or this month? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And how to not sort of get overwhelmed and paralyzed with the enormity of thinking, oh, I have to achieve this thing once I write it down. Right. Yes. Um, Well, I think it depends on if you've been able to target a specific goal or not and narrow it down to one thing. So for the sake of this, let's just presume that you've gone through the work to target one goal. And I have a whole sort of system to bring you up to if you're not sure what your goal should be or how to choose one. Um, I have sort of a a bit of a workshop that works that helps people decide on the one goal. But if we're at that one goal and you've got it in your mind, I like to work with what I call a roadmap. And so um, I kind of I draw it out. I have a visual work worksheet that I provide to my clients where it kind of looks like um, a bit of a snake. I know that the viewers won't or the listeners won't be able to see it, but I'm going to show you what I work with so that. Hopefully it makes sense as I'm describing it. Um, my roadmap has, you see that? I see it. Okay, so essentially the flag there at the end is your end goal. So I get people to write out their end goal and then there's three dots along this sort of squiggly line. So the three dots are your, your three sort of um, mile markers, I would say. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got your starting point at the top. So the idea is to identify and work from the end. You, you identify your goal and then you identify the three big things that would need to be true in order for that goal to be real for you. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think a lot of times we get overwhelmed with thinking about all the steps. But if we break it down just to three main things and then within the space between the end goal and that last mile marker, what are the three things in that space that needs to happen and work in chunks? So you have small chunks of just three things at a time that you're working towards, but you achieve these milestones as you go. And so that's, I find a really nice, easy way to do it because sometimes the tasks that you assign yourself between, let's say your starting point and your first mile marker, maybe some of those things are just, you know, buy the book and start reading about the thing that you want to learn about or sign up for the program that you need to facilitate. You know, if it's financial, let's say it's a financial plan um, of some kind, maybe it's making the call to Anna and setting up the appointment. They don't have to be big things, but the more that you can sort of chug along and see your progress on this roadmap and you feel confident as well that you have the steps in place that you've thought it through. So if you come across an obstacle or a challenge, you are more, uh, you're more likely to have the, the mindset of, oh, okay, this is a bump in the road rather than, oh no, I, I, I don't know how to deal with this because I can't see past it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. The, the roadmap. So I use um, an analogy for financial plans and my practices uh, is a money roadmap. So I, I was like, I can't really, really relate to that. And I saw your visual picture. I know for our listeners, they can't. Um, I'm like, oh my God, that seems like, that looks very similar. <laughs> yeah, it's such a great roadmap. way. It is. I mean, breaking it down into these like simple steps is, is really awesome because mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it's less overwhelming. Um, so I wanted to see if we can maybe, um, break this down into like, um, specific topics. So I wanted to f- explore the personal goals. Notice I'm not saying professional goals because that tends to be the thing usually. Right. And I feel like I'm guilty of this, like looking at my calendar and filling up my life with everything I have to do at work. And then family and 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 me, right? Things that I want to do kind of fits around it. So I sort of am reshifting this for myself this year. Um, so can we kind of take an example of that? So for example, in a busy, you know, mother's life, what would be some idea uh, examples or ideas around how do you set goals? So like things that are interesting for me, I'll just give you some topics to, to help. So finding time for yourself, like when do you find time, you know, whatever it is that you like to do, maybe get your nails done or a massage or spending time with your girlfriends, right? So this is outside of just being in the house. Um, maybe there are routines, right, that you can put in place, morning routines, evening routines, um, also self-care. We've seen a lot of that throughout COVID, right? And people needing it, I think they still are. It's not a never ending. So let's maybe digest that a little bit for someone who's like, okay, I kind of get the topic, but how do I actually do it? Yeah, that's great. And that's like, there's so many places my brain is going right now. So I'll try to slow it down and go one at a time. Um, The first thing that really comes to mind when you're trying to find the time to schedule in a goal, because I think that's where a lot of us fall off is we feel like we don't have the time to do it. The, the first thing is to make sure you put it in your calendar. I mean, we all use some kind of calendar planner. It's digital, it's analog, whatever it is. 
we're all using some time of time, some kind of time management tool. And just like we would schedule in the drop off to daycare or the dentist appointment, we also need to be scheduling in the self-care times. We need to be booking those massages and getting them on our calendar and really changing how we think about that time instead of thinking of it like, oh, if I can fit it in, it becomes a non-negotiable, becomes something that you've committed to. And if you can get in the habit of showing up for your own self and the things that you've scheduled Mm -hmm. for yourself and deeming those as important, then it's going to become easier. But what I like to tell my clients is if you're looking at a week view of your planner, of your calendar, and you don't see at least one thing on there that's for you, either for you for self-care or for you to work towards your goal, whether it be like a health goal or a financial goal or a, a career goal, even it can be personal sometimes for us, right? I know that my personal and my career, they kind of blend. Um, so if that's, you don't feel like we can't talk about a career goal as a personal thing, because it absolutely can be, um, but you need to make sure that that's on your calendar and you can see it and be ruthless about it. Like don't cancel on yourself. Because once you get in the habit of canceling on yourself, you're telling yourself that the the activity, that time is not important to you. And you're not worth taking the time. You're sort of changing the, the values on your calendar. And it's hard to do. It's much harder uh, to do than, you know, most people will realize, or maybe we do realize how hard it is. And that's why we're not doing it. Um, So an an easy way to start is really getting it on a calendar, committing to it and getting it as a visual. I'll use a different color pen or like a different color of a block on my digital calendar for things that are like for me. And Mm -hmm. so it's easy to recognize if I don't see that color on my calendar, I better, I better make a call or schedule something in. Yeah. I like, I like color, color coding on a calendar too. Cause I, I tend to use, I use Google calendar, but I, you know, it's for both for work and personal. And so I have my color for personal stuff is blue. (laughs) So I I love that. Yeah. I I love blue color, but just in general. And so something you said that um, I am guilty of, and I know that I'm not the only one, but canceling on yourself is, is the worst feeling. And so as a mom, right, when, and we were just chatting about this before we hit the record button, like life happens, your kids get sick. And in my mind, the minute that happens in my, my household, everything that I, that was on my calendar for the day is canceled. Like I, it's my, my mind automatically goes to say, I am available for, you know, that's the priority. But then at the end of the day, you sit down, okay, I can reschedule client meetings. They under, Everybody understand or podcast recordings or whatever other commitments. How do you reschedule yourself, right? Because that's the last thing that is kind of like, okay, I can, you know, because you now lost a day. Let's just use an example, right? Because your child was sick, you have to be at home or whatever. Um, you lost a day. You can reshuffle your appointments to the next day or, you know, whenever it, you have slot on your calendar. But let's say you had a time for yourself. And you're like, oh, at least me, That that's going to be later, right? So like, I don't tend to specifically reschedule that. So, and I feel like, I, and I've heard this somewhere else, but like this buildup of constantly giving up on yourself, like, oh, I can get, you know, I can do this later or I can get that massage you know, next week, or I can, uh, I don't know, exercise later, right? Like it starts to build up, right? And I feel like mm-hmm. it's dripping on like your mindset about yourself and your, you know, your priorities. So 
what do you think, like, what are your strategies around rescheduling your own commitments to yourself? Yeah, it's a good one because every time that we don't, we're basically, again, reaffirming the belief that our time is not as important as the other commitments we have, right? So Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I like to remember is um, James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, has a really interesting way of um, sort of describing how we stick to things. Um, and he he says, basically, with every decision you're making, you're casting a vote for the type of person you want to be. So you don't have to be like the you don't have to be perfect and always take the time for the self-care. And every week, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, let's take that pressure off. But if you can just cast a vote today towards that type of person rather than away from that type of person, you're making small progress to get there. So, um, you know, maybe, yes, you have to cancel everything on your calendar and maybe, you know, the massage appointment is not available later in the week, but can you make a decision that will give you a similar type of um, addition to your self-care routine? Can you give yourself something else to fill up your cup? Is it a quick call to a friend you haven't talked to in a while that's not going to take as much time as a massage would, but can we can we keep the intent and change the action, mm-hmm. right? And so we're not giving up that action. We're not giving up that vote towards the type of person we want to be who is a type of person who prioritizes herself, but it might just look different. And I think as moms, we need to be super flexible. There's just no other way around it. We are not in control of our schedules for most of the time. Um, and so as we're, as we're going through life and these curveballs come up, understanding that we need to give ourselves grace for this is a season that we're in. This is our role at the time. We have some external circumstances that we can't control, but we can control putting ourselves back on the calendar. Yeah, I agree. It's it's nice to hear it again. <laughs> it's hard though. It's like yeah. it takes constant practice and retraining of your brain and it's work. That's why we call it like doing the work, doing the personal work because it's it's work. And that's why most people don't do it and that's why we see so much struggle and overwhelm and burnout within the the mom community because it's hard to do the work when you're already drowning in other things. It's hard to do the work when you're exhausted and you just want to go to bed and it's hard to put in the work so you don't do it, but then you stay stuck in the cycle. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's breaking that cycle because you can just uh, keep on doing it and life go. And I, I don't know, maybe, um, maybe it's too soon for me. My son just turned four, but I feel like, you know, life is just starting to go so fast and he's growing up so fast. And so you look back, you're like, Oh my gosh, even just four short years seem like forever <laughs> because of yes. so many changes. And I know you have two, two little kids as well. And so relating to that is like, you kind of like look at them and like, oh my gosh, that's, that's very different now. So um, I, I find that to be um, just fascinating. Um, something else that um, I, I've, I've, I've been practicing for a while now, and I see this kind of at the beginning of the year going around. So I decided that I'm not making any like concrete New Year's resolutions or, you know, just I used to get really excited about like planning and doing all of that stuff. Um, but I really, for the last few years, been focusing on picking a theme for myself, right? Um, and kind of kind of summarizing it in into one word. I saw that you had an episode on this topic as well. And so mm-hmm. I, I think your, your word for the year is trust, if I'm not it mistaken. Is. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Well, mine is wellness. Um, so, and I, I've, I've got a whole bunch of ideas around how I want to explore this, this topic of wellness, because a lot of different areas feed into it and finances, you know, being one of them. So I wanted to chat with you, how can, like, how, how did you end up sort of picking a word and, you know, what does that mean and how does it help you in this framework of setting goals? Because I feel like for me is, is like, okay, here's sort of a bigger overarching idea of what I'm trying to accomplish. And then what are the smaller things, right? Kind of like that visual that you showed me that squiggly line with a few stops on it, right? Mm -hmm. How am I going to get to that? Is, is this wellness going to happen for me in this next year? Probably not, but I'm going to be thinking about it. <laughs> right. So yeah. yeah, like talk about this word um, and how do you sort of connect it to the goal setting? Yeah. So for me, I am focused a lot in general right now about listening to my, my intuition. And I've put a lot of work in the last year into that. And so my word came out of that, just sort of getting quiet and thinking like, what do I need this coming year? Where am I lacking and what really is going to make a difference for me to take my life to that next level? And what came up for me, um, I sat in meditation about it and just sort of let my mind go. And the word that came up for me was trust. Mm. And I was like, I don't understand what that, what, who am I supposed to like trust people? What, what does that mean? And so I, I spent some time journaling about it and I was able to sort of really decipher that I needed to learn to trust myself and look for answers and validation and permission within myself rather than from other people. Mm. And so for me, that was a big realization. And I thought, well, that's a perfect thing to sort of be an overarching theme for the year. And let's say, if we want to think about it like this, we could think of our our word for the year or our theme for the year as the goal at the end of the roadmap, right? And so in order to get there, in order to keep us on this roadmap and within our theme and focusing on our word, we really need to establish boundaries. Boundaries sounds like such a hard, scary word, but I find them so helpful because I can very quickly decipher if something is a hell yes or a hell no. And if if it's a hell yes, it's going to get me closer to my, my end goal, or it's going to contribute to this feeling of trusting myself, my, developing my intuition. Um, if it's going to feed into and nourish that goal that I set for myself, then it's easy to say yes to that. And if it doesn't, it's really easy to say no. And the better you get at saying no, the easier it is to stay focused on what you're trying to achieve. So boundaries are huge, but they're really difficult. Yes, I know they are. And so this 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 idea of really saying no, and it's like a no is a complete sentence. <laughs> no, uh-huh. period. Yeah, and you don't no, have but... to explain. You yes. don't have to tell anyone why. It can yeah. just be no, and it can be polite, but it can be no. Yeah. I know it's, it's, it's like, it is such a, I I'm sure you know this with, with, you know, little ones, right? Like the, the word is no, sometimes can come out so harsh mm-hmm. and they're, and they don't understand a lot of times to them. It's like, I want to watch something. No, 
and you know, like trying to elaborate on it when it's like hard stop. No, I said no, right. and this is no explanations. And um, so I I feel like there's a balancing of that too. But it's in turn like it's coming from within, right? Like you have to be content and really um focused on that. Um, otherwise just just like you're fooling yourself with you know rescheduling appointments that you committed to yourself it's the same idea like it's the same sort of that I feel like there's this bucket within yourself right there's like the, the happy the the excite the exciting part of you and then there's this part where you're kind of like dripping and doing these you know actions and thoughts that contribute to that feeling of feeling overwhelmed or stressed out or you know from all kinds of areas so I feel like that no is sort of the key to that, <laughs> at least. Yeah. For me um, yeah. I mean, it's just the stronger connection you can have to your sort of inner self and your goals and that piece of you that's still you without any other labels. It doesn't have a label. It's just you. It's just your essence. The more that you can be in alignment with that piece of you, the easier it is to start making these little adjustment um, adjustments to your habits and the things you say yes or no to and the way that you show up for yourself, how you prioritize yourself. And eventually, if you can stay sort of focused on really living truly in alignment with who you are at your core, you build that muscle. But it's hard because we often forget who we are. And so you have to do some work to figure out and to reintroduce yourself mm -hmm. and to figure out like, oh, yeah, what do I like to do? Right. Like I remember here's a quick story for you about rescheduling on yourself. I heard about I was listening to a podcast and I heard about um, like a spiritual healer on this podcast. And I was like, oh, I I feel very called to speak with this person. I feel like I need to make an appointment. Like I just felt like this is. I listened to my my gut a lot and I was like, this is just got to happen. So I booked an appointment and she was very busy. So it took a few months. And then the day of the appointment came along and I pushed it. I made some kind of excuse um, and I rescheduled it. And but I really wanted to do it. Mm. But for some reason, I, I was like, no, it's it's too expensive or I really shouldn't take the time. I'll do it next month. I'm too busy today or whatever. And I rescheduled this appointment two more times before mm -hmm. I finally sat with this woman. And I don't know why I couldn't just do it the first time because it completely changed my life. I have like, there has been so much good that has come out of this new relationship that I have. But for some reason, I was not allowing myself to, to indulge. It felt like an indulgence almost. Mm -hmm. But it was exactly what my soul needed to get filled up so that I could show up as the person I wanted in the world. Right. Yeah. So we need to remember yeah. that. Great, great story. Yes. I even wrote down in my notes, rescheduling on myself. I want to dig on that topic some more because it's, yeah. So are there any other tools that you can share with us? Um, you know, practical things that you do don't have to call them tools, but um, that you find to be kind of like awesome to keep you in this, in this alignment. I like that word a lot too. I knew you mm -hmm. used it in your, in it your feels work. It feels gentle, but it also feels like it, it's, it just feels so natural, that word. I really love it too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's so many. So let me think about this. I would say a lot of them have to do with managing our time. I like to call it time ownership instead of time management, because really we, we are in control of it. 
we all have the same number of hours, yet some people get a lot more done than other people, right? And it's just in how we allocate our time. Um, and that plays into achieving our goals and how we, what we spend our time on um, is sort of a, a representation of what we deem as important, our values, right? Because mm -hmm. time is one of the resources that is not renewable. So however we spend it, we're essentially telling the world that those things are what's most important to us. So it's really important to get a handle on how you're spending your time. And so one thing that I like to talk about um, specifically for momentum towards a goal is called eat your frog. So mm -hmm. it's this idea that you need to do the most important thing first thing in the day. So there's a sort of backstory that talks about if the first thing you did each day was to eat a frog, you you have the energy from consuming this frog, but also that ugly frog is not sitting on your desk all day staring at you and distracting you. Um, you've done the thing, right? So if you do the hardest thing first in the day, the thing you really don't want to do, but just make yourself do that one thing, the thing that's actually going to move you in a step towards what you want to do. And sometimes it's not a big thing. Sometimes it's just an uncomfortable thing. Sometimes it's a thing that you just keep putting off and you don't know why. It doesn't have to be a scary thing, but you just, you're avoiding it. You're procrastinating. You can commit to doing that thing every day, just one thing. You're going to make a lot of progress towards your goal. And you're also going to be training your brain to understand that it is valuing because you're doing that first. That is a high value task that you're doing. That mm -hmm. action is high value to you. So if it's something that's, I mean, you can use that analogy with work as well um, and productivity, but I like to use it in a personal sense, right? Like if it's really important to you to tune in and, and connect with yourself, well, then the meditation is the frog and you do that first thing before anything else. Or, I mean, we could go through a million examples, right? Yes. Um, two other ones that I find super practical and tactical in terms of staying on track when you're trying to create a new habit. Um, our habit stacking and um, temptation bundling. So habit stacking is really good because it is utilizing habits that you're already doing without thinking about it, right? Such as brushing your teeth or uh, locking the door when you leave for work or, you know, here it's, I, it might be scraping the snow off my car or it could be <laughs> anything that you do without thinking about it. That's basically the definition of a habit, right? Like it's an automatic behavior that you're not thinking about. So if you can identify where these things are in your life and you just want to attach a new habit to it that you want. So if you're pouring your morning coffee and scrolling on Instagram is your habit while you're drinking your coffee, maybe you add in a an affirmation at that same time. Or maybe you add in specifically checking an Instagram account of someone who inspires you. Or mm -hmm. reading one news article during that time while you're while you are already sitting with your phone about a topic that you're trying to learn about or grow in an area. So if you can stack a new habit on an existing habit, soon that new thing is going to become routine and it's just going to be part of it and you're not going to be thinking about it. And then choose another one and stack another one either to that same time period or a different time in the day. So habit stacking is really powerful because as soon as something becomes a habit, you're no longer working at it. But again, back to what we talked about in the beginning, be sure to do one thing at a time with that. You don't want to start to create, you know, a stack of habits in the morning and midday and then lunch. Like you're not going to keep up with that. The, the goal is for it to become second nature. 
And then the last thing that I find super, super good is called temptation bundling. And so what that is, if there's something that you love to do, that's kind of a treat, um, you pair it with something that you're working on that you don't tend to prioritize. So for example, hmm. if you love soap operas and you right I don't know is young and the restless still a thing that's the only one that comes to mind if you love soap operas but you feel guilty sitting and watching a soap opera because you're like oh all this time whatever I really shouldn't and your big goal is wellness or health or something you don't allow yourself to watch that soap opera until you're physically on the treadmill at the gym or until you're in your kitchen making your smoothie or until you're at the grocery store and you put it like maybe that's a bad example because you can't watch TV at the grocery store, but you, you pair, you allow yourself that mm -hmm. temptation with something that, you know, you need to do. So you get the reward, but you're also doing the hard thing that you usually avoid. Um, so that's really helpful for people, especially in a health related mm -hmm. um, goal or a financial related goal too, right? Like it could be, oh, yeah. oh, I really love getting my nails done. So if I stick to my budget this week, or if I set aside that money in my savings account that I said I was going to, then at the end of the week, I get to splurge on this and it doesn't have to be a financial spend. It could be a whatever time at the park with my kid or whatever. Yeah. I like that. The, for the financial one, I have something that I've used for years called a money date. So ah. I'm kind of like, trying to, um, you know, simplify it for people. Like, I don't want to look at my finances, but just a quick money date. So I, you know, you can do it over a cup of coffee, or if you want to have a glass of wine, hopefully just yes. the beginning of that, right. Whatever you like, right. Or a piece of chocolate or a cake, just look at, and you'll just, you know, do a quick glance once a week. Mm -hmm. How are things doing? You know, have you overspent, you know, have you saved what you said? Just, just anything that you're really targeting in, in your uh, personal finances, attach it to this fun conversation. And if you have a significant other or someone else, do it with them. So it, that yeah. seems to be receiving well by people like, oh, money date. I've never been on one. I'm like, try it. <laughs> right. Yes. So, oh, I love that. That's super good. I'm going to use that. I'm going to have yes. a money date with myself. Yeah. Yes. I'm happy to share. I have a checklist for it for sure. Cause there's some things you can just kind of like, you know, it, and it's too, like after a while, you don't need a checklist, right? Cause you've sort of done it consistently enough that you remember and there's, you have your phone in your hand. So there's tools that you can use there, but initially when you're starting out, um, it's helpful. So happy to share that. Thank you. Awesome. Well, um, I know we have limited time for the recording. Of course, there's um, endless time for all these kinds of conversations and I love it. Um, share with us, I know you have a, a new program um, that's uh, happening monthly calls, uh, called Mom Circle. Um, I'm intrigued mm -hmm. by that. Um, and I know our listeners would be too. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. It's a new, um, it's a new offering that I'm doing and it's going to be a monthly sort of mom meetup virtually. It's free to attend. And I, of course, send a replay because I know that, you know, stuff mm -hmm. happens and we can't always show up when we think we're going to. Um, but the intention is to just sit together in a, in a space where we're all consciously taking an hour for ourselves and diving into a topic that will change each month um, that is going to be beneficial for growth, for balance, for alignment, for just filling up mom's cup. So we're going to have this really wonderful sort of community connection conversation 
but the women are going to leave the, the hour with some tactical tools too, so they can keep that feeling of balance as they go through the month. They're going to have tools that they can keep in their pocket, little nuggets of wisdom that they'll get um, to sort of stay on that sort of calm, high vibe, balance sort of flow. And so with this first one, we're kicking it off talking about energetics, intuition, and creating space. Mm. Um, so I'm really excited to dive into all of these. I'm already having a hard time trying to narrow it down to an hour because I have so much to talk about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's happening on February 13th. It's going to be eight o'clock PM, um, Eastern standard time. So I will absolutely make sure that I get you that link. If anyone's interested in joining us, it is free. Um, yeah, so that's, oh, yeah. that's a big one. I, do, I know I love it it's a it's a very interesting idea and I know there's going to be um, awesome stuff that comes out of it so yes we, we're happy to share it and if somebody can't make it this month then um, we can we can share more information for the following yeah months too. I know you also have a podcast um, so for anyone who's uh, obviously listening to this probably would love to dig more um, on similar topics so please tell everyone yeah so the podcast is called grow like a mother um, it's a personal development kind of podcast. We talk a lot about goal setting, time management, mindset. I have um, guests as well who come on and talk about a whole bunch of different things. So it's a really fun space, but I like to keep them um, short and sweet and easy to, to consume, you know, because I know as moms, we're on the go. Um, and it's, it's not easy to find the time to listen to something that's going to help us and just be of benefit. So I like to keep it short and sweet and just jam pack a lot of value into those episodes. It's on um, Apple and Spotify and um, Anchor. So you can pretty much find it anywhere. Yes. Oh, totally awesome. So we'll share we'll share that in, in the show notes too. Well, Jill, this has been a very interesting conversation. I can continue talking about this for forever. Um, I'm sure you as well. So in closing, what would you like to share with our listeners? Oh, gosh. Um, I think just if you can find that piece of you, get quiet, sit and find that piece of you that's just you and hold on to that spark and just keep checking in, keep checking in with yourself and build that muscle of sort of realigning and recalibrating with who you are just as you. And that's going to be an amazing jumping off point for whatever you're trying to achieve. That's awesome. Thank you. That That is a very much needed reminder. It was awesome Good. to connect and thanks for, for coming today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure chatting. Hey, Money Boss. Thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone. Uh, so don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to MainStreet-Money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, 
and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.